Whoa, whoa, whoa. New show alert. And I haven't had the opportunity to say that in uh, about nine months, I take it. Uh, Yeah, it, it pretty much took me nine months to birth this new idea dubbed Bonjour with Blythe which is essentially an entrepreneur scouting report on wins, losses, and everything in between. If this is your first time listening, my name is Blythe Brumleaf, and I started my first website slash blog back in 2007 that eventually led to opportunities in publishing, broadcasting, and for the last three years, my work-from-home company called Brumleaf Brands. Now, underneath that umbrella, this could get uh, slightly confusing, but I have a few different side hustles underneath that umbrella company, such as Guys Girl, which was my first blog that I mentioned before that I started back in 2007, along with my more recent brand, which is Digital Dispatch, which I started just about a year ago in October of 2018. And that one is essentially my full-time logistics marketing company job. Um, But then now I have a newish podcasting format, which is what you're listening to right now. And and unlike my other content, which I have, you know, a few different YouTube channels that are niche-based, this is going to be an audio-first experience. And and I really wanted, it took me a long time to sort of come to the idea of this show, how I would be able to transition from uh, broadcasting casting with a few different co-hosts to my own show where it's just me talking. It it took me a while to figure out what that was sort of going to look like. And I'm sure I'll tweak this in the future, but coming up for for this show and future shows is that I want to have a segment where I talk about while you were distracted, which is top marketing news and tips based off of what I've consumed, what I've listened to, what I've been reading. Um, I also want to get into what grinds my gears. And if you can't tell by that title, uh, it's going to be things that I rant about. Uh, and if you follow me on Twitter, you probably know the type of things that I will be ranting about there. I also want to talk about reviewing the tape. And that's going to be a segment where I dedicate to wins and losses for me over the past month. And I really want that segment to be something where if you, the listener, are, are going through a similar issue as I am, or perhaps you haven't faced that issue yet, I want you to be able to learn from my mistakes and, and my little wins here and there. And then I also want to get into what's coming up, audience questions, things like that. So if you have a question at the end of the show, I'll give a little, I'll give a little CTA on where you can send any kind of web or marketing questions into me. And I will do my best to get them answered live on this show that right now it's going to be recorded in a monthly, on a monthly basis. I would like to increase that in the future, but I'm going to test this format out for a little while, see how it goes. And if it goes well, and if you guys like it, then, then uh, there's an opportunity to expand that into uh, more than just once a month. But I don't want to waste any more of your time. So let's go ahead and let's dive into the first part of the show. And that is while you were distracted. Getting into the first topic, and, and, and I promise that this has an end goal in mind, but I want to talk about the transition back to being a fan again. I essentially started out guysgirl.com as a sports blog, um, as an entertainment blog, and I wanted to be able to give a voice to the female fan. I never thought for one second that that would turn into opportunities with uh, print and especially in radio. And having to leave radio back in January of 2019 is... It makes this season the first season that I haven't covered the Jaguars in some kind of capacity 
in, in any form, whether it's th- through blog or print or, or, or broadcasting, this is my first season not covering the team. And and just earlier this week, it's been a, a pretty wild week, a pretty wild month, really, to be a Jaguars fan. And I could probably say that about every team, every single season, but in particular, this week in general. And, and if I, I, I backtrack a little bit, the Jaguars kicked off the season with a home opener against the Kansas City Chiefs. And inside the stadium, these these temperatures, they, they reached 120 degrees. The Jaguars decided it'd be a good idea to charge $5 for a bottle of water on this game day. And the Chiefs uh, proceeded to, to, to kick the ass, all the asses of every person on the Jaguars squad and simultaneously kick all of the fans out of the stadium by halftime because of the brutal, brutal temperatures. And then the following week, there was a last second loss to the Texans, where after the game is over, your star player in Jalen Ramsey asks for a trade from the organization because he says he just wants to win. And while I can't argue with that sentiment, uh, there the following Monday, it was pre-scheduled that I would be appearing on the Bold City podcast, which is a local podcast uh, in the Jacksonville area. I mean, really, you can listen to it anywhere, Um, but it's a locally focused Jacksonville podcast. And these guys all are a part of Bold City Brigade. Um, They're a great group of guys that I've interacted with for for some years now. And this was my first Jaguars related podcast sort of radio hit since I left back in January and and between Jalen Ramsey drama and then Minshew mania, which has been incredible to watch. He's sort of uh, been dubbed as the team's savior as as quarterback Nick Foles went down during the first game of the year. And I promise all of this has a point. But uh, this was my first appearance uh, appearance on the Bold City pod. And, and this was my first chance from going from a fan to a broadcaster back to being a fan again and and talking about sort of the, the, the systematic issue with the Jaguars and sort of having the, the, the freedom and ability to talk about that with these guys when you when you work for an official station, uh, there are some things that are potentially off limits for you to talk about and in or interview questions that are off limits to ask. Um, There's a lot of red tape when it comes to to being part of an official broadcast that you don't necessarily get that same freedom when you're on a podcast in a podcast form. It's 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 a much more intimate experience. You're not up against commercial breaks. You're not up against uh, the clock and you have the, the freedom to talk a little bit bit more openly. And I think that is uh, that's sort of what is going to lead me into my next topic, because I had so much anxiety after the I I felt great about the interview. And if you haven't had a chance to to listen to it, uh, go search for Bold City Pod on any kind of podcast provider, Spotify, uh, iTunes, uh, your podcast player of choice. Um, It's a really great podcast, really well edited. Um, These guys are doing some great work. But after it was over, and since I think it had been so long since I had talked about the Jaguars in a public setting outside of like emotional tweets, I think I, I not think I know that I had a, a, a lot of anxiety about it because I wondered if I was a little too open and honest. I, I but it, it, it was a lot to sort of process and, and, and something that that took me that entire night because I over the last nine months or so, I've been struggling with the do I continue? I, I don't want to be known as a sports girl. I want to know is I don't want sports to dominate my quote unquote brand. I'm using air quotes. And I know this is an audio first experience, but I'm using that. I don't 
want to put myself into a bucket anymore. And I wasn't sure if I had been too open and too honest on uh, this platform and then not have it serve me. It served me well in the end. Uh, so I'm really trying to, to, to watch that and, and watch how I, I craft, I guess, my online brand versus uh, any versus any other platform, especially since leaving radio. Um, so it's been a challenge for me to address. So, of course, I, I had as a result of all of that, I, ha- I did have some anxiety that night. But then the next morning I woke up and I actually listened to the show, listened to the full version, you know, edited and all that good stuff, not edited in a, in a way that my, my answers were edited, but uh, listening to it as or digesting the show as a listener, not necessarily as, as someone who's participating actively in the discussion. And I didn't have any reason to be upset. Uh, and it, my anxiety was unwarranted. And if anything that I said during that interview, and this is the good, the good news of it is, is that anything that I said during that interview is what I would say in a natural conversation, which sort of takes me into the next topic of fake authenticity. And, and if you haven't noticed over the past couple months, Really, since the start of the summer, there have been a few major stories of, quote unquote, influencers getting caught faking things for attention. And ultimately, I think that that is a bad thing, because if you go to Google right now, you can go to Google's autofill. You know how when you go to Google and you start typing a few words and then the autofill starts because it's trying to predict what you could actually be searching for. If you go to Google right now and you type Instagram influencer, fake, hit the space bar and then wait for it to autofill. And you will have three options that pop up. Those three options are Instagram influencer, fake proposal, Instagram influencer, fake motorcycle crash and influencer, fake or an Instagram influencer, fake cloud girl. And I'll, I'll get into each of these here here now, because if you're wondering what each one of these are is, yes, these three women and I should, I'm really going to start with two because the proposal and the motorcycle crash are are some of the more laughable incidents that then turned into almost like cases of online bullying. And you could kind of debate on whether or not these women deserved to get the backlash that they got. But I think it falls into sort of the fake authenticity and why you should ultimately be okay and not have any anxiety about who you are being honest and open. Uh, So the first one is the proposal. I don't know if you guys heard about this story, but this influencer who is based out of New York, she's like one of the the, the fashion outfit chicks that that I'm sure many of us or or many of maybe many of you follow on on Instagram. And uh, she coordinated a week long proposal via Instagram her and her, well, at the time it was a boyfriend, but they got, I think they got engaged on the trip and then later on got married and they set it up in a way that looked like she was getting surprised by her now fiance and sent on like, I don't want to say like a wild goose chase, but a scavenger hunt is probably the more appropriate phrase. And so he go, she goes on this scavenger hunt. She's posting about it every day. Meanwhile, they had a pitch deck. A real life marketing pitch deck where they clearly both knew about the impending engagement and the wedding, and they used it as an opportunity to create a what is essentially a proposal 
and sent it out to a variety of brands, hotels, clothing companies, things like that, where they gave them opportunities to sponsor this proposal. And as ridiculous as all of this sounds, I think it was one company that actually bit. The rest of them kind of refused, thought it was a little tacky in nature. And the, that proposal or that brand kit was eventually released to Twitter. And of course, that's when the online bullying started. I mean, I remember seeing it on like that Monday of seeing the brand pitch that had been released and it started to go viral. And if you would go check out this girl's account, you could see the Twitter trolls or the, the Instagram trolls start to run in and comment on all of her photos. But I don't want to say like to her credit, but this chick kept it up, kept the act up. And she continued to post hashtags, you know, what is happening and where is the girl's name is Marissa and where is Marissa? And she's essentially lying to her audience of what is going on. And she she full on denies sending out the pitch deck during that week. I think eventually she did own up to it. But that was that was one incident of. You have your here you are a quote unquote influencer and you have reached thousands and thousands of followers. I think she's close to 200K and you have a situation where you've built up a brand and you've connected with your audience and all of a sudden you're lying to them, straight up lying to them that you don't know anything about this upcoming proposal. All of this is a surprise. And meanwhile, you knew the whole time and then you see a lot of other influencers who are commenting on her photos, liking, engaging. I think she gained close to 10,000 follow new followers after this entire, I don't quote unquote scandal. Um, but it's, it, that was one incident. And as laughable as that one is there, the next one is a little bit more goofy. And it was another influencer based out of Nashville who was in a motorcycle crash and conveniently got the most beautiful photos taken of her in the, in it to sort of set the scene for you. There are apparently this influencer claims that she got into a motorcycle accident, but the photos, there was conveniently also a photographer nearby. And instead of helping, he chooses to shoot the accident, if you can believe that. Um, you can see that she has, quote unquote, road rash. And even though the road rash doesn't have any blood on it, it looks like she like took a mascara brush and just rubbed it on her shoulders and, and on her arms. So that's a little suspect. Uh, apparently, some other little Internet sleuths, they found that the helmet color had switched. Uh, there was no damage to the helmet. There was no damage to the bike. But she did eventually, I think it was later that night on her stories, she posted that she did actually get into the accident. She posted accident photos, the road rash in general, which is seen on her, the, the side of her body and things. like. And it did, that part did look real. So from sort of digesting that particular story, what I think happened is that she probably was out on a shoot and had her. That's why the photographer was there. And she was probably going at a really slow speed and had a very, very minor accident, a minor accident that resulted in some uh, pretty. I mean, they, it looks it looked like it hurt, but it was also a situation where she probably said, well, let's fake a crash shoot then and let's let's take it that that angle. Um 
so she is, uh, th- that's a, another interesting situation where you have an influencer that is essentially lying to their audience, albeit in a less egregious way, I think, than the proposal one. But I just, who are these people hurting whenever they post stuff like this? It, 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 you're, 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 you're being fake. You're, you're hurting your authenticity. You're hurting your trust factor. Now, I don't think that they deserve, you know, the, the internet's wrath when it comes to something like this and when it goes viral, because they did get a lot of threats, a lot of threatening comments, a lot of mean spirited comments. And you could honestly, a part of me could say, well, that's what you get whenever you post your life to so when you live your life on social media, you invite people like that into your lives, especially if you you invite those negative people. And I'm not saying that it, it's their fault, but it kind of is your fault if you betray your audience like that. You could also make an argument that the people who were the most negative weren't necessarily part of their audience to begin with, but you're still putting out that doubt. Now, your audience between both the proposal chick and the motorcycle crash chick, you have now damaged your online reputation, your online reputation and your trustworthiness to other brands, to other people, and ultimately to your business. Now, I mentioned earlier that there was another example of, of what I'd like to call a you know cloud girl. And this is an example of faking it but doing it in an honest way and and this girl in particular uh she got quote-unquote caught and i i use those air quotes with this story but she got caught having the same formation of clouds in the background of her photos if you can believe it like the words are coming out of my mouth right now and i'm talking about this but i honestly can't believe that i i literally put this as a show topic uh but i just think it's a sort of a funny correlation to the more serious you know proposal and motorcycle crash um but cloud girl going back to her she had the same set of cloud formation in her photos and she even uses the caption that you know these clouds are following me everywhere uh these same clouds follows follow me everywhere and she's she's joked about it with her audience previously but after i think another blog called her out for it that's when she got the new people coming in she did get some 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 news programs reaching out in order to to get a quote on on this story and she's 100% owned it she said that her audience knew ahead of time that she likes to edit the background of the photos and and and, and what it is is that it ended up like all this news attention ended up scoring her a deal a partnership with an editing app called Inlight Quick Shot and basically what it is is that if you have a pretty photo and or maybe you're on vacation and the background of the photo or the sky of the photo just doesn't look as pristine as you would like then you can literally edit a new background into your photo you can edit the clouds into the photo you can edit a sunrise into the photo the majority of the the integrity of the picture stays the same it's just the sky that you're actually changing or you it, the, the app itself allows you to change specific portions of a photo but what this girl chose to focus on what was you know the sky and the clouds so she actually got a brand deal out of this and I believe that she got it out of this because she's been authentic and she's been honest with her audience the entire time and I think that if you're honest and you're authentic with your audience they'll continue to trust you even if you have a situation where others come in and they try to call you out and other you know internet trolls that maybe not know that maybe don't know the full story come in and still 
your audience will protect you. Unlike the proposal on the motorcycle crash chick, which both of them, they still get comments on their current day photos. Even though some of these scandals happened months ago, they're still getting negative comments on all of their photos. So that distrust, it doesn't just stay, you know, while you're going viral, you know, during those few days or, or even a day, it stays with you for a very long time. And it's that constant reminder, even to your current audience that, hey, this person isn't exactly trustworthy. So I think that 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 sort of ties in with with if you have any kind of anxiety about your work and what you're doing, that it's you're you're probably it's probably just your anxiety being a bitch like and, and that's that's and that's that on that. Um, so let's move into the, the next segment. And I want to talk about the wins and losses over the past month. During the first part of the year, when I quit radio, I went into like full work mode and I focused solely on speak in a speaking engagement at a conference called Freight Waves. And that conference was back in May. And so I was developing software for that conference. Meanwhile, also pairing a speech to go with that software. So it was really like tackling two really big projects at the same time. And it was probably the biggest challenge that I've ever had in my life. Um, but since that conference back in May, and I, I recapped the, all of that back in a few episodes. So if you go back and search either my YouTube channel or this podcast, then you'll be able to find the episode where I, I talk about the challenges of prepping for that conference. But since then, what I've been working on is is really uh, an upgraded version. And this might sound boring to a few people. I, I, I don't know. But anyways, what I spoke on at that conference is an upgraded uh, dashboard, which if any of you guys are familiar with WordPress, you know that when you first log in, it's sort of like a mess of just, you know, plugin announcements and theme announcements and announcements from WordPress. It's just not a good user experience. So what my platform was focusing on is easing that transition for when my clients come on board and they want to add new content to their website or they want to add new media or, or something along those lines that they have an interface that they feel comfortable working in. And then in the future, if they ever make any additional upgrades to their site, um, whether it's uh, technology based or marketing based, then it'll be right there front and center in an, in an easy to use format. Um, so since the Freight Waves conference, I've essentially uh Deep brought broke it all down what I showed live on stage and I have since transformed it into a whole new look um, a better feel uh, based off of user feedback and, and some, some, some user testing um, just basically broke it all down and rebuilt it from scratch and we're getting ready to announce that here soon but that was one of my biggest sort of uh, it, I guess it can be categories categorized as a win and a loss because Looking back on what I was showing, I just wasn't really proud of it. it just the performance wise, it wasn't it, it needed to be where it was at for the conference. But after the conference was over was my reality check of looking back on, OK, well, what can we actually improve if we're not on a deadline like like I was before? And it's taken a few months, but we've gotten there to that point where it's now I would now consider that a win. Another one, another win, a challenging win is launching an e-store. And I think that if anybody else has ever launched an online store, whether it's through Shopify or WooCommerce or, or perhaps another platform, you know that it is a bitch to do. And it's a whole new set of programming. It's a whole new set of just 
thinking uh, how your your customer journey is. It's no longer just go to a landing page and download my ebook. It's how do I get you to my shopping page? How do I get you to add things to your shopping cart? What do I do if you abandon that cart after you pay for something? How do I make sure that that recurring revenue is is charged every month or charged on an annual basis? How do I make sure that my clients have the ability to go in and edit their information. If their card is declined, who gets a warning? Who who gets a heads up? If their card is going to expire soon, do they get a heads up? All of those questions I had to answer with this new e-store. And I'm happy to say that it is uh, it, it was a huge challenge. And I'll have a dedicated episode coming coming for that very soon. Um, but I needed I needed a way to have a particular kind of e-store where I can deliver digital products and deliver them in a way that I can offer for either a one-time charge or a recurring payment charge to my clients. And then they can also manage on, on that side of the thing. So that is a huge win for me. And, I, and I'm looking forward to, to expanding on that in the future. Um, but also another one where I feel like I've been losing a lot is since the Freight Waves Conference is that I've been focusing too much on new sales and not my current clients. And so I've had a really con- concerted effort over the past month to focus on what how I'm handling my current clients. And, and no, I don't I don't want to have an experience where I sign on somebody or I launch their website and I never talk to them again. I want them to have that experience where they can continue to come to me. They can continue to trust me, um, possibly add on new additions to their website, um, add on new additions to their marketing plan. And and even if they don't want to do either of those, those things, I want to be that trusted person that they can come to and they can talk to. So how do I facilitate those conversations? How do I let them know of new service offerings or product offerings or or share tips like I'm sharing with you in this episode. How do I communicate that to them? So that's really what September has been all about for me. And so I'm looking forward to, to taking that loss and, and, and turning it into a win. Another win that I want to talk about, because a lot of people are losing at this right now. And, and, and when I say losing at this, I really mean where you choose to spend your time. There have never been more networking events. I where there's like a new networking group or a new, uh, you know, business minded group, which is great to see. But you're you're also uh, being invited to almost too many things. And I don't want that to sound like a conceited thing. It probably does sound like a conceited thing. But you're just uh, nowadays people are just bombarded with invites from left and right about coming to different events and shows and 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 all kinds of things. And I just get overwhelmed really easy with with a lot of these things because I feel like every time I say yes to one of these events then I'm saying no to myself and I'm saying no to something that's important to me and what I've really tried to focus on for the past year or so is really only going to networking events that have a purpose. And when I say have a purpose, I mean either a charitable purpose or an educational purpose. I don't want to show up to an event just to take outfit photos. I don't want to show up to an event just to take pictures of your food. Food and fashion are really fun and really great, but they don't pay the bills. And for me, investing my time into these next few events of what I'm about to talk about is where I really feel like a lot of people could find more value and more inspiration and grow more collaboratively as a community together. And and the first one I want to talk about is 
called the Rising Tide Society. Now, the Rising Tide Society is a national effort. I think they actually might be global. Um, I'm pretty sure they're global, but if you go to uh, just Google search Rising Tide Society and they have these meetings every month called Tuesdays Together and each month they invite a speaker to talk about in a, a topic of choice and uh, this I just went to my first one this week with one of my good friends Clara Koo and she was speaking about practical business tips when it comes to Instagram because I'll tell you I was going into this event with all not, I don't want to say all the doubt in the world because my doubt was more towards the platform, not the person that was speaking on it. And Clara absolutely just like blew me away with everything that she was talking about. And she is the theme of the show. I'm a, is apparently going to be authenticity because she's about as authentic as they come. Um, so going to this event for Rising Tide Society Tuesdays Together. This was my first one, and apparently they have themed events like this every single month. So uh, since this was my first one, I'm definitely looking forward to attending them more in the future. But a few little key takeaways from Tuesday's event uh, that Clara had to say, and I'm sure she's going to come out with a video on this, um, but she said to use... Instagram's analytics to select topics that resonate with your audience. So using Instagram's built-in analytics, and I think you can only do this if you have some kind of a business or a creator profile. I do not think you can do this if you only have a personal profile, which I don't... If you do have a personal profile and you're trying to earn money from it, you probably should think about switching your account to a business one or a creator one. Um, but if you just have a regular personal account, this probably doesn't apply to you. But I still think it's quite interesting to look at the data behind your profile and what resonates with your audience, what time of day is the best day to post, what uh, what day of the week is the best time to post, what topic resonates the most. Is it a selfie, which usually selfies do the best? Um, but is it a landscape? Is it something else that really resonates with your audience? She said, Claire, really hit home that you should be using your analytics to select those topics, to review those topics, and to continue publishing what works best. Um, she also talked about selecting a marketing objective. Whenever you're, you're starting your Instagram page, you don't just want to say, I'm just going to start the page and just start posting some pictures. Because I, I've seen that a lot where a business will, will start up and they look really great. And then they just resort to posting memes because memes will do very well on, on social media in general. And so try to, I guess, stay away from that objective. Um, you more or less want to focus on, she said, one of these few things, and that's growing an email list, which you own, increasing your website traffic. Your website is also something you own, um, selling a product or service or raising awareness for an event or cause. And she said to then brainstorm content for each of using the each of these five key ingredients. She needs you to have a boss bio, stories, feed, IGTV, and live. These are all features on Instagram that you could, you could be taking advantage of. And you just need to, to look at your account history, figure out where you want to go in the future, and then you combining those two things together to figure out what resonates already with your audience and see if you can build upon that. Um, but like I said, I, I, I'm sure she'll post a video recap of that event soon because her husband, John, was there recording the whole thing. So if you want to follow up on that, she had some really great advice, some really great tips. Give her a follow on Instagram or Facebook just by searching Clara Koo Photography and Design. I'll also include a link to um, both her page and Rising 
Tide Society's page for the Jacksonville location. I'll post those in the show notes. So that'll just be a click away. The second event I want to talk about when it comes to attending more networking events is I'm, yeah, I'm a, I, I think I, I'm safe to say I'm a co-founder and hosting Jack's Podcasters Unite meeting. Um, this is our third or it's actually the meeting for the third quarter. It's not our third event ever. Um, but this is a quarterly event and it invites all area North Florida podcasters to meet up and discuss latest industry trends, anything that they're sort of uh, challenged with or, or, or have trouble with. If you search back through some past episodes, you should be able to find some helpful guides on podcasting and some key takeaways that we've had from previous events. But this is, is I'm super excited about this one in particular because it's going to be held at the Buzzsprout offices. And if you're you're not familiar with Buzzsprout, they're a podcast hosting company. And I have actually been with them. They have been my podcast host. If you've been with me for this long, thank you, first of all. Second of all, Buzzsprout is actually a local Jacksonville company. And I was really surprised to hear that. So so to know that and to, to actually meet the guys, Albin and, and Tom over at Buzzsprout. They were kind enough to offer up their offices, their rad offices here in town for uh, area podcasters to come in and, and have our quarterly meeting. So super pumped about that. We will absolutely have a, a full recap shortly after that event. Uh, but you can go back, like I said, you can go back and check previous shows and, and, and videos recapping the past events. And one more thing about networking events is I also wanted to mention that I'm going to be speaking at HiveCon this upcoming weekend. And HiveCon is essentially, it's what, okay, let me back up a little because Influ the word influencer is sort of seen as sort of like a negative phrase now, I would say. It's definitely perception-wise, it has a negative connotation to it, even though the, the concept behind an influencer has always existed. And so this is a, a, a situation where a local company brought together uh, content creators in the North Florida community, brought them all together. They were called the North Florida Influencers. They quickly recognized that that phrase was uh, not the... the the best choice. Um, and smartly, they changed their, their brand name to what's called the Hive now. And they're holding their first, I think, they, I don't want to think they want to call it a conference. Um, it's going to be more of an intimate affair. Uh, so it's going to be held here locally in town. And it's mostly going to be uh, influencers and brands that are talking about sort of the state of the industry. Who, But these influencers and brands are more so focused on social media. And when I say social media, I mean, really mean Instagram. Like it, this is where the majority of this audience has all of their attention focused. So I am super excited to get in there and sort of rustle some feathers a little bit and tell them why they're making a huge mistake and not having a website. So if you are in the local Jacksonville community, you can actually get tickets to this event. I think they're about 40 bucks, but if, at the door, but if you get them before at the hive society.com, then you should be able to save a little bit of money. But I mention all of these events because they, they all have something in common. They're educational first. It's not about taking photos for a business, which if a business has hired you to do this, then go for it. I, I definitely take that route. But this I think for me personally, this is an event that I, I don't want to miss or any of these events are, are events that I don't want to miss. Now, it doesn't have to have a, uh, I would say, a greater purpose 
it's just really just talking about what's going on in the industry and how you can get better and how we can all work together. That that at the end of the day, that's what all of these events have been like and what they feel like currently. And it looks like that's going to be their consistent message moving forward. I can all really only speak for the the Jacksonville Podcasters Group because I help organize those events along with a local podcast called the, the not really a local podcast. Their their content applies nationwide, um, but the short box. And so my co-founder, AKA my boyfriend, Butter Milligan, he helps, he actually spearheads a lot of, of this movement. And I'm just there to sort of help wherever he needs me. Um, but we're really passionate about growing that community. And I can, I, I think it's safe to say that growing, uh, the community or the people behind the hive and the people behind rising tide society, uh, specifically with the Jack's chapter and Clara Koo, um, they're all really passionate people about growing, uh, the local creative brands here in, in Jackson. And that's just, it's, it's really, really cool to see. And to close out the show, I like to talk about a little bit of what's coming up next. And I, I mentioned in the show earlier about uh, adding an e-store and how much of a challenge it's been. So over the next few months, what I'm going to be focusing on is absolutely adding more additions to the e-store, including digital based products, info-based products, which is, um, I, I think will be super helpful for a lot of the, the, the people that I work with, especially with the digital dispatch brand, which is a trucking and logistics marketing company. Um, I'm also going to be working on finalizing a new content plan for all of my brands, which good Lord, this has been a huge pain in the ass, but I, I do feel like I'm getting there and I'm close to hitting the, you know, the, the, the finalized button for the rest of 20. 19 and then going into 2020 because there are some projects that are taking me that I've sort of mapped out uh, at least on my chalkboard wall I have mapped them out to, to take at least until February to complete um, the biggest hurdle of which was honestly this podcast uh, figuring out what I want to talk about when to record when to post will it totally be off if it's just me talking instead of having one or two co-hosts these are the, the the questions that I've hopefully answered in my head but now it's time to see if you guys you know the audience responds to it and likes it. So my initial idea is while the show will be monthly to start, I will have more podcasts dedicated to a specific topic releasing throughout the month, every month. If you followed along with any of my YouTube videos, you know that I recorded in a video first, but I also keep the, 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 uh, the, I would say the audio audience in mind too. Um, but I just think that with me in particular, I can tell the difference in a podcast when I know it's an audio first experience versus knowing that this was probably a video that they just removed the audio and posted to the podcast feed, which I absolutely do. And I absolutely tell other people to do the same because I think it's a great way to repurpose your content. But I also really missed the audio first experience that you get with radio and that you get with podcasting. So this was ultimately the goal for this show. And, and I'll probably tweak it here in the future. I think I need to spruce it up with some sound effects, probably some audio clips from stories in the future. Um, but this will essentially be the place where I share and I spill all of my entrepreneurial tips and gripes while sneaking in a little Jaguars related mention or two. 
Uh, one more thing is I did want to call for questions. A big, big, big part of this podcast is I want to be a helpful resource to you. And so what do you want to learn? What business or entrepreneurial tip do you want to know? What software are you using? Do you have any time-saving hacks or, or, or revenue ideas, marketing questions, website development questions? I want you to ask away. And right now you can ask away via my social media channels at Blythe Brum. That's B-L-Y-T-H-E-B-R-U-M. And you can find me most active on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, if you're if you follow me on Twitter, just ignore the Jaguars emotional tweets. Um, everything else you should probably uh, find, maybe find a little bit of value in. Uh, I should have a landing page soon for these types of questions on bonjourwithblight.com, which is a, a the site that I launched in conjunction with this podcast. There's a little bit of content on there. I wouldn't say that website is like fully launch ready because I haven't officially announced it to, to any of my channels. But if you feel like checking it out and, and giving me a little honest critique, I would happily take it. Maybe not happily, but I would still take it. So bonjourworthlife.com. And, uh, but until then, until then, if you have any kind of a marketing or website questions, entrepreneurial questions, hit those DMs, but uh, not in a creepy way, because I will hit that block button. So that concludes it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Subscribe, follow, like, do all the things with links to my accounts in the show notes, along with links to everything I mentioned during the show. Until next time, my name is Blythe Brumley, and you're listening to The Scouting Report, an entrepreneur's honest assessment on turning a side hustle dream into a full-time reality.